Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And this podcast is brought to you by Everything's Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Make sure to tune in on September 11th. We are talking about the episode Radio Bart with a special guest you may recognize. Hi, I'm Nancy Cartwright. And actually, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the (gasps) hell are you? Ah! We're so excited. this This is so good. This was one of our favorite episodes we've ever done. Mark your calendars. I don't know. You're probably already downloading it. What What is this life? Uh, September 11th, we are joined by, you already heard her, Nancy Cartwright. We're so excited. Please tune in. All right. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of... um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in some some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. This is Kamal Langiani. You listen to the X-Files files. I'm recording this on my phone, so it's going to be very quick. Um, do you anything I'll say? Oh, this is Syzygy and Grotesque. I know I made it seem I wasn't going to cover those. Just a brain fart. Nicky Carmona is the guest. Very loud where I am right now, so you're, that's what you're hearing. A um, couple things. One, at San Francisco Sketchfest, I'm doing a show January 31st. That's the San Francisco Sketchfest, January 31st, doing two shows, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail. Uh, they're going to be great shows, so come on out. I believe they're at the Cobb Comedy Club, but Google San Francisco Sketchfest, Meltdown, it'll show up. The other thing, Julian Anderson did an episode of The Nerdist recently, and she talks a lot about the X-Files. A lot. 
a lot of positive stuff made me feel uh, optimistic about chance of the show happening again so all right enjoy it bye hey ricky ricky carmona is back on the show hey hey uh, kumail one of the first guests he's back it was perfect because you emailed me you were like hey i want to do the show again and i was already like oh perfect because i had these two episodes yeah and they're like um, sort of interesting. They're different kinds of episodes. So I was like, oh, that, that'll fucking work out perfectly. We could talk about it with Ricky. How's it going, dude? Good, man. Good. Very good. Um, two very interesting episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> were you the one that initially had mentioned the Syzygy, however you say it, Syzygy? Had you mentioned that episode to me? Because I remember talking to somebody who was a fan, talking about... The one where you're like, oh, the stars align and these two girls get special powers. Was that you? That was not me. Okay, no, no, somebody no. was telling me about it. Really? Uh. And I don't, I didn't remember this episode. So Syzygy is the first one. The one thing people always have been saying is like, so like the show, just do the recaps. Because I realize a lot of people aren't watching along. They're just fans of it. Who okay. Who a while ago. All right. So Syzygy is the one. It's a small town. Um, uh, there's some planet alignment and these two girls get magical powers and they use them in increasingly horrible ways <laughs> um, the first words i wrote down are ryan reynolds yeah, oh absolutely dude fucking absolutely. ryan reynolds yeah. baby face ryan reynolds yeah he is he's great i thought his speech was really funny where he's like kick some butt like i'm sure he's doing in heaven right now I, <laughs> that's like a funny goofy thing what did you think of this episode overall uh, fantastic yeah this, like this yeah this was like a, they, they've they've hit their stride yeah, because there are jokes in it, uh, like 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 Ryan Reynolds. At one point, they say, I, I I wrote it down. They say something to him about like, oh man, I want to find this because it fucking made me laugh so hard. Uh, what he has the, the girls say something to him, and then his response to it. Oh yeah, well, uh, after his speech, they go to him. That was beautiful, and he just leans back and goes, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he's so broken up about his friend. But yeah, you know what? I'll take I'll take a shot out on the uh, on the speech. And those two girls are like, we don't want to be virgins because of the cult. And he's like, okay, yeah. all right, <laughs> I'm into that. That feels like a fun thing. Yeah, it's interesting. This is an episode. So uh, this comes right after an episode called War of the Coprophages, which is the one with the bugs. You remember that one? It's cockroaches. Oh, the roaches one. That one's great. Yeah, that yeah, that one's, one's really good. But it's interesting because that's sort of a funny one. Yeah, this one's kind of a funny one. In that one, Scully is jealous of Mulder's, like, sort of being interested in Dr. Bambi in that yeah. one. In this one, Is her name really Bambi in it? Yeah, her <laughs> name is Bambi. And he's he calls her and he's telling her, like, it's an entomologist, Dr. Bambi. And she's like, her name is Bambi. And he's like, he continues on talking. And then 30 seconds later, she's like, her name is Bambi. And it's the same exact delivery both yeah. times. It's not like... It's like the, she's, she hasn't progressed from that emotional space. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to have these two episodes back to back. Both funny. I saw them back to back. Both funny. And both have a lot of similarities. And I think the cockroach one pulls it off better than this one does. Okay. So it's weird. We'll get into this later. But the message boards. Because what happens is it's War of the Copperphages where they're kind of fighting. This one where they're straight up fighting. And then the next one we'll talk about Grotesque where she kind of doesn't trust him and he's... Yeah. So after these three episodes, the message boards are like fucking going crazy. They're like, <laughs> what the fuck? They're friends. Why are they? Why are they being like this? Yeah. So it's interesting. I think this episode, I like it. It just comes at a bad time in the season a little. Huh. Bit. 
I do think that that's one of the things I'll, I'll, I want to bring up in the, the next episode. Scully's attitude is very, like, it, it, just very weird. Like, why are you so not believing Mulder right now? Would you yeah. really not believe him that much? Yeah. Well, in this one, it's sort of, they explain it with, like, it's a weird planetary underline. Yeah. With cosmic forces, so they hate each other. Yeah. I thought that bickering in the car... Uh, and we'll talk about grotesque more because that's exactly the issue I had with it when I first watched it. Okay. A lot of it I loved more than I did the last time I watched it. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it more when we get there. Yeah, but yeah. in this one, I thought the bickering in the car was pretty good. That is hilarious. Yeah. I th- they, they, they argue with each other in every different level of a relationship. Like they argue with each other like a married couple would turn left here, yeah. turn right here. Oh yeah. They they if Mulder makes fun of her like a like a older brother, yeah. like a sister. I didn't know your feet could reach the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean they, they they just knock it all out, which I like when they argue in this one, I think it's hilarious. I think it yeah. works perfectly. And this kind of even though the message boards hate it, they sort of explain it by the problem that they, you know, the, the, the planetary alignment thing. So there's an explanation for why she's acting weird. They, they have a fun exchange where she's, where they talk to the blonde cop woman, mm-hmm. who's talking about the blonde virgin, and when she leaves, Mulder's like, you don't suppose she's a virgin, do you? <laughs> and Scully goes, I doubt she's even a blonde. And she's like, ooh, that's, that's catty. That's harsh. That is. That's like, you know, I've, this is gonna not to sound. I think women can say very passive aggressive stuff about other women's appearance in a way that is so fucking brutal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's much. There's much more of like a like, like an edge to it. Like my brother would be like, "Oh, Ricky, you fucking idiot." Like, yeah. ah, well, whatever. But yeah. if, like, if, if I'm pretty sure if I had a sister, she would be able to insult my intelligence in oh, a yeah. way where I'd be like. I would probably just like get quiet, like you know what? Okay. Yeah. All, all right. right. You win. All right. All right. You win. Yeah, I'm gonna figure. Yeah. I'm gonna think on that one, and I'm gonna yeah. come back to you with some yeah. shit. But I suppose my brother, you would just like want to fight them right yeah, away. Right. Right. Like, right. It just has this different emotional weight to it. Yeah. You know. And and Scully really has a lot of that in this. I thought the scene where the uh, it catches fire, the coffin catches fire. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I love when she uh, they're they're uh, they they find the bones out in the field. Yeah. And that's when like the town is like really going crazy but we yeah. gotta like save the babies uh and she like opens a bag and right away the dude's like it's baby bones yeah and she just turns around and gives him this look yeah, like, like can i just do my goddamn job Jesus. what am i doing here you're the principal he's the principal right <laughs> or something, isn't he? yeah he's like he's like he has a very high like authority position yeah. in the town i forget exactly what he is but he's a pillar of the community yeah and he's the one who's always like we need to go burn them down we yeah. need to find them and protect our babies well, well it's interesting because this t- is this is also this town is gripped by paranoia and the bugs episode copperphages also is a town gripped by paranoia so they just it's so weird that they put these episodes back to back yeah it's so it almost feels like they fucked up because they're so similar yeah and they're both like because i think these funny episodes work best when they're like sandwiched in between heavy shit oh absolutely so like if you do a big alien storyline and then now you have Mulder going horned beast and like <laughs> it back a bunch of times. That's cool. Yeah. But if it comes right after Mulder like hitting on a Doctor Bambi, yeah, it just it just comes at a weird time. I think. I I remember the the roaches one. I did. I like when this one started. I was like, oh, I don't know what this one is about at all. Yeah. So I don't I don't remember this one at all. But for as much as I enjoyed it, I would have figured it'd be like, oh yeah, man, that's a really memorable one. You know what? Like every time something happened, I was just like. 
man, why can I not remember this episode? This yeah. is a, all these twists are happening. There's a lot that happens in it. And I just saw, I'd never seen the movie Heathers. And it's one of Emily's favorite movies. Yeah. We watched it a couple months ago. And while I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is a lot like Heathers. Uh, yeah, totally. I think I, I might have written down like bright Heathers. Yeah. Because they are just like, in Heathers, it's like, uh, don't they like, or, or Winona Ryder, Ryder just wears like a lot of black, like her and Christian Slater. That's what sort of Winona Ryder was into for a while. That's, that was a thing. That was a yeah. gig. Beetlejuice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy shit, she was like the goth princess. That's right. right. That's right. Um, I don't remember what else she was in there. Speaking of goth kings and queens, uh, Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter broke up. I know, that's so terrible. What are they going to do? Well, I don't know, but Helena Bonham Carter, if you ain't got nothing going on for the holidays, <laughs> and you want to hang out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great pairing. It would be so great. Like, you guys need Ricky's new girlfriend? Show Helena up. Bonham Carter. That'd be weird if we were having kids at our house and you brought her, like... Uh, hey guys, she's British. Who loves uh, Marla? Holy shit! <laughs> what are we gonna watch? Well, no Tim Burton movies, so no Helena Bonham Carter movies. Yeah, we'll watch Fight Club. We can watch Fight Club. We can watch Fight Club. Yeah, I've been fucked like that since the seventh grade. Is oh, that what she says in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was an alt line, which is. I think I just had your abortion. Yeah, that's right. I don't know which one they use. Which one they, they use? The, they use the... Since seventh grade. Yeah. But the initial one is the abortion one. And he was like, oh, there's, oh, we can't get away with that? Come up with something even worse. Than. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, that one's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think abortion is bad? Well, imagine a child in seventh grade having great sex. <laughs> Not just sex. Yeah, but just loving it. Loving it. Well at it. How horrible is that? Uh, sure, fine, whatever. They say that a lot in this. They call that back a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, oh, love him, hate him. Yeah. Oh, that, that's really. Yeah. <laughs> they also say carpe PM, <laughs> which I didn't even catch. I didn't rewind, but that's it's like, funny. Let's fuck. Yeah. Uh, and that girl comes and she's like, uh, wait, okay, so they see the symbol on Ryan Reynolds, like the burned symbol with the mm -hmm. horned beast. Why didn't anybody say that that was the team mascot thing? Because that's, they're like the horny goats or whatever, right? Uh,. That's a good point. I mean, they talk about it like just in, like they see that and, and Scully refuses to acknowledge that that's it. Right, right. Uh, Which I thought was cool because so much of Scully's character is just like ignoring, it seems like obvious stuff, mm -hmm. rules, in a way that is, um, I think it works. And so in this one, they're kind of satirizing that a little bit. Yeah. Like, where like, even though she sees it directly and you see it, she doesn't want to see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's interesting. It's sort of like a, Elseworld episode. Yeah. yeah, it feels like they're almost. I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if at this point the the writers are aware of like, oh, the audience thinks yes this of uh, of Scully. So let's really like drive that home. Like, oh, you guys think Scully is like so stubborn in her way? Well, then let's try and like yeah make some kind of commentary on that. Like, well, I really felt like that was happening. Oh yeah, they. Uh, I read some <coughs> interviews and the writer said this episode was a direct reaction to the message boards. Oh, really? Specifically, <laughs> I think that stuff, although they don't talk about that, but it really feels like they are commenting on it. And also, very specifically, message board said, why does Scully never drive? So they, like, sort of tackled that head oh, on. Oh, that's in this funny. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really sort of a reaction to fans episode. 
in a way that's kind of like a fuck you almost, but in like that's a fun funny. way, yeah, yeah. playful way. Is it the yeah. same thing with the gloves too? Because the first time that she like puts on the latex gloves and that, yeah. I was like, is this the beginning of Scully being all like, I'm going to fucking slap the shit of some gloves on. And then later on when they're, she's like going to go through some, uh, through some evidence uh, and she's like, Muller, why didn't you do it? And she's like, I know how much you like slapping slap on the right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then wham, she pops mine. I was like, there's got to be somebody back, somebody who was on that typewriter was like I'm I'm bring I'm bringing this up. This yeah. has been brought up to everyone. Oh yeah, 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 totally. But it's so interesting because even though it's an episode clearly for the fans, in a way, kind of mocking them. The message board, I'll get to it. Hate this episode. They oh really? Really? Oh my god. They hate it, hate it, hate it. It's weird because there's been like a period in the message board where all the messages were gone for a few months. So this is the first episode that they're back. So I found some stuff relating to the stuff we've missed but this one it's it's like a crazy crazy everybody hates this episode really yeah people really hate it did it did you go through and read a lot of like was it like ang did you feel like it was anger because they hated the episode or anger like man we haven't had a chance to like express for all these past episodes that we haven't been able to post on here oh they was just like an outpour oh really they've been able to post they've just since then disappeared Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. We've lost like four or five months. Oh, okay. Now they're back. But since right. then, they've... So it's not it's that... Like Easter Island or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like Stonehenge, man. It's like there you Stonehenge. What happened? <laughs> um, I really think it's a reaction to the fact that it's been a serious show. And then season three, I think, is where it's really starting to play a lot more. Yeah. This is where Clyde Bruckman <laughs> happens. They're just doing a lot of episodes that are like sort of stretching. I mean, the Roaches episodes. one is, is The is Roaches huge. one, totally. Yeah, like I saw just when I was like, like when I when I logged in to watch it and I just saw some of the names of the episodes. Yeah. I was like, man, this is a fucking great season. Oh, this is. There's like winners in here. This is one of the best seasons of any show ever. Right? Like it's like, I mean, just the, the fact that Clyde Bruckman found out his chances in this one, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to knock that one out. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch it. Yeah. It's so fucking good See, oh man, I, bet. Um, I, bet. <laughs> I think it's a reaction to the show's changing a little bit and they like the change mm -hmm. it's just these two back to back happen and they're like yeah. what is this now a comedy show I yeah. think that's a big part of it and then we'll, I'll get into specifics they don't like how Scully is portrayed in these two episodes back to back and gotcha. then grotesque again like I was saying yeah those three that makes sense that, that, that makes sense absolutely her, yeah. her, her behavior in, uh, in the next one We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. Um, they, uh, these girls, I, I was like, oh, these girls really do suck. <laughs> these girls suck. And then I looked it up. One of the girls is um, uh, the older sister of the main character from that 70s show. What's that guy's name? Oh, Girl that first. is her. Holy shit. Oh, shit. And in the next one, Red's there. In the next one, his dad, Grotesque, has his dad in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that girl has died. She yeah, died. she gone. That's right. That's her. Yeah, she died. Yeah, not good. She, yeah, not yeah, good. Not very good. young, very yeah. pretty, very talented. She died. Uh, she OD'd in a um, rehab facility. Yeah. Which... I would think that takes some doing, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny about it. I'm not, but it's just, how dare you? I just how dare you? You just don't hear that specifically happening. <laughs> you don't hear specifically. I mean, that's oh, that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not making fun of it. No, drug addiction is a real problem. I hope if we have the problem, solve it. That's right. If you're gonna die of an overdose. That's a pretty baller way to do it. But don't do it. <laughs> Drugs are bad. 
<laughs> they really are. Oh, they're terrible. They're I terrible. Laugh, so I don't cry. I really liked her in this episode. She, um, I think they're both great. I, now yeah. that I realize that's her, and I was trying, I was trying to figure out who uh, who she was, but it didn't click in my head. But now, yeah, I yeah. can really tell from, like, from her eyes. I realized that from the AV Club interview, uh, AV Club review, because I read those, and um, they mentioned that it was her, but it was before she had died. So it was that. They it reviewed it like a couple of years ago, but it was right before she died. So they mentioned it, sir, but not that she's died. But as soon as I yeah. read that, I was like, wait, I thought that girl died. And I looked yeah. Her. And she, she had died. Her name was Lisa Robin Kelly. She was 43 when she died. Um, yeah. <laughs> sad. Yeah. Very sad. Um, I thought killing the guy and squishing him in the rafters, that's a pretty great That was good. Murder. Yeah. I that's like a, that one. That was solid. Murder. Yeah. Um, um, Scully is all, you know, you weren't in your hotel room, fine, whatever. All that stuff is pretty good. And I thought the Bones moment was good because Scully's talking about the whole thing about debunking cult and stuff. Yeah. And while they do that, they find Bones and she's like, fuck, really? <laughs> right now? She has, she, she has that great thing too where she kind of like puts the, uh, the blonde, uh, detective so he tries to put her in her place like, oh, let me guess what the girls said. Did they say that this happened in a field? Yeah. And that there was this kind of knife there? Exactly. And exactly. then they go back and the girls are saying all those things. <laughs> yeah. And you can just see Scully fuming like, yeah. God damn it, nobody is listening to me. What is that girl <laughs> from? The the detective. I've seen her in something. She yeah, she she's been in a lot of she's stuff. A, around, I kept right? but I kept referring to her as she kept reminding me of Tasha Yar. Yes. So I kept being like, it's not Tasha Yar. I had a whole period of my life where that was the girl. Like, the that short hair. Oh, absolutely. Like, Tasha Yar, her. Yeah. Fucking Ghostbusters, the Are You a God woman. Uh Oh, uh, not not Zool. Or is it Zool? Is she Zool? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, uh, Zool. What's her name from Some Kind of Wonderful? Remember that John oh, Hughes yeah, movie? Yeah, the yeah. drummer girl? Yeah. Over, dude. Beautiful. Yeah. She, she, she's in stuff now and she's... Yeah, she's still fine. Gorgeous. She's still fine. Yeah. yeah. Tasha um, Yar. Tasha Yar. Marky also... Post from Night Court. <laughs> I can go on and on, bro. Marky Post. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That was a good look. <laughs> that was a good look. Uh, they go to the doctor who... The cross-dressing doctor. Remember That's that? hilarious. And then they show him and he's got like terrible lipstick on. Yeah. It's like, is that his first day cross-dressing? Why is he... <laughs> Why is he so bad at putting on lipstick? <laughs> I had actually, like, I, I just put my head down for a second. So I missed the joke the first time of, like, him coming down the steps. Yeah. I just saw him, like, in the interrogation room. I was like, this one got makeup on? Yeah. They see I him back. running down and he's got, like, his lipstick <laughs> smeared all over his face. Like, yeah. It's, it's, I, that would suck if you're, like, it's my first day, like, you know, I'm going to try this. See how it feels. <laughs> and then... The whole town shows up. <laughs> yeah, who, could, who would possibly yeah. come over? Everyone. Everyone's yeah. coming over today. Not that there's anything wrong with cross-dressing. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Live your life. I'd be great. If I was into cross-dressing, I'd be like, oh, I know one thing that I'm really yeah. into. And then plus, I'm a doctor. I mean, oh, I can't live my life. I've worked hard to get to where I'm yeah. at. I'm going to start right. living it to the fullest. Yeah. Also, make... he's a doctor. He should have a steady hand when applying lipstick. <laughs> I don't want that guy operating on me. Look at how, how bad he is at putting lipstick on his face. <laughs> That just seemed to like such, like uh, how uh, before these how 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 funny have they been? Like are they like are they consistently like, all right, we're just going like balls out slapstick kind of humor, or are they just like little moments where you're like, oh yeah, Mulder's like uh, kind of a smartass sometimes. They overall the show's 
he's been a smart ass from the beginning. But right. They're upping that a little bit more. But there's like all out comedy episodes. This is one of the early ones. Okay. Like there's if, one called D Hand D Burlesque, which is season two, which I would say is the first comedy episode. Okay. That's the one where it's a school where all the teachers and stuff are Satan worshippers. And it's very good. <laughs> I, think, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. This one this one just felt like just just the rhythm of the episode just felt very different. Like, oh man, yeah. they're 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 going for a very specific tone here. This is probably the first really sort of <laughs> broad straight up comedy episode because yeah. uh Clyde Bruckman's a very funny episode but there's something very sad about it War of the Copperfages is also very funny but it's also pretty cynical mm -hmm. this one is the first one that's sort of like you said bright hairs. yeah it's like it's it's not that cynical it's funny but not in like it's it's dark but it's just a little more of a straight up comedy than anything else yeah but this is one of the first ones this is the first one that Chris Carter wrote that's a straight up kind of a comedy. Episode. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It just it doesn't feel like it's taking itself seriously. You yeah. Know? No, it really, really yeah. isn't. Um, this may not be the first time to mention it. May not be the time to mention, but someone is wearing my favorite perfume. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then later when she's there and he smells her, it's like, Mulver, come on, buddy. But he's all drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, was that just like he couldn't thaw out the orange juice? From that can, and then that's what he puts in the bottle of vodka? I think so. And I was like, what is that? Is that some weird, like, rocky egg yolk drink? Yeah. And then I was like, no, no. he's, that's, he's, my he's man boozing. just needs a drink. Yeah. He needs a drink. I thought that was a fun little detail of how when they're flipping channels, it's all, uh, oh, that's hilarious. Cops, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's who it is over That's and over. really funny. And then at the end, they do an homage to it in the police station, right? Where yeah. Where they do, like, a big slapstick scene. Yeah. Which is, um, it's very scary. So like, I'm like, I think that would seem, that would be a, like a really crazy scene in like a horror movie. Just everybody's gun yeah. starts going off and like, you can't control what direction it's going in. Like, oh yeah. Just guns start going off. I was yeah. like, man, that's fucked up. Yeah. It, and then having that Keystone music over it was like. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a little of that True Lies thing with the guns falling down the stairs and it just kills everybody. Oh, you remember yeah. that? Hell <laughs> yeah. I remember as a kid fucking hating that scene. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> This is a serious terrorism movie. <laughs> True like, Lies is a serious terrorism movie. I didn't. First of all, I remember that was one of the first movies I watched. And I was a kid when I watched it being like, oh, again, the brown man is the terrorist. <laughs> yeah. We're doing this again. I remember specifically really hating that movie because of that thing. Yeah, I remember that was, I remember that was the beginning of, hey, people are upset that they're showing brown people like this in the Was that in a movies. thing? Did that happen? Yeah. That that, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially like it being like James Cameron and I was like, oh man, James yeah. Cameron, you're above this. Yeah. No, um, I remember because, you know, there's been brown terrorists forever, but that was the first time that I was like, maybe it was, I, I, this is, didn't happen, but I was watching it and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, oh no. Oh no. But, I mean, but, and then, you know, it was like, we're not terrorists. Come on, get over it. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get over it. Good, we're done with this. That yeah. was the last one. Then 9/11 happened, and you're like, "Fuck, really? <laughs> Come on, guys." I mean, listen, much worse things happened. Absolutely, of course. Then, yeah. One of the bad things that happened is that brown people became bad guys in movies again. <laughs> which, when I first started like acting and stuff, I went on. There were so many of those auditions. You oh, know, dude, I can I like, imagine. All right, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna do this. Oh. 
Um, have you grown to like True Lies since then? I haven't seen it since then. Oh, really? I love True Lies. I've only I think that's it. an underrated James Cameron movie. Jamie Lee Curtis, another short hair, babe. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. The original. Jamie Lee Curtis is other level in that. Yeah. That and Trading Places, I don't fuck with that Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. She's other level. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> She's awesome. She's awesome. Um, yeah, and she shows, that woman shows up and she just wants to Fuck Mulder, huh? That's hilarious. Maybe we can solve the mystery of the horny beast. <laughs> and then, of course, Scully comes in. Um, that's pretty... Uh, listen, if I'm investigating a murder in a small town and that happens, you're like, okay, yeah. all right, even if I don't solve this murder, something good came out of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, uh, is that the first time that we see Scully smoking? Yes. Because I was like, Scully smokes? Scully does not smoke. Scully does not smoke, People right? People also hated that on the message boards. They're like, Scully does not smoke. That was I a, thought that was cool. I thought it was cool. I, I thought that was, was like a little clue, like, all right, something's not right here with yeah. everybody now. Yeah. You know, that was like, and, and then it started, because then, yeah, she, an old girl comes over and wants to have sex. Yeah. Uh, not that a girl wouldn't want to have sex with Mulder. No, was, not at all. No, was, I mean, I'm surprised it took that long in the yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah. And in the show. Yeah. Doesn't he show up at her house before that, like to pet the cat and shit? Oh, yeah. And he yeah. says uh, the horny beast line there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, man, yeah. Good on you, oh, Mulder. Oh, yeah, because she does a pet cat petting pun, too, doesn't she? Like, are you petting my cat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> she does that. She's. I wrote, this is like the ultimate goth fantasy. Cause like, listen, my Emily was goth for mm -hmm. a while in high school. I mean, that would be the ultimate. You're goth and then you have magical powers. Oh, like, hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. If Absolutely. I, if I had magical powers in high school, the world would be a different place for everyone. <laughs> Even if I had them for a week, shit would have changed. Well, I would make sure, I would, one of the powers would be that my powers would never go away. Like it wouldn't be go, go away in a week. Okay. And very self-indulgent powers. Like, you would, uh, so you would like use your wish to basically, you're doing that thing where you're like, I'm using my magic powers to give myself magic powers. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would want to like make sure all my bases yeah. are covered. Yeah. And then like, all right, yeah. x-ray vision. Yeah. Okay, I want to fly now. Yeah, it depends on what the powers are. I would say there's going to be a lot of big changes if I had magical powers then. But one small change would be that the He-Man movie would be way better. Oh, I'm so <laughs> And there would be more of them. Oh, yeah. If we, oh, man. See, that's a rabbit hole right there. Oh. Yeah. I've, I've seen so many, many movies. Many would be, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. And I, I remember not liking it as a kid. Courtney Cox, speaking of short hair. There you, there's another one. There you yeah. go. There's another one. There you go. Um, I remember that movie having a weird anti, like pro-vegetarian message. Oh, really? That's part of it. Wow. Like in Eternia, they don't eat meat. So when they come, they're like these fucking barbarians. Really? The scene where Tila's eating meat. And she's like, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever eaten. What is this sticks? And they're like, that's bugs. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's got like a weird message like that in it. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and I sort of called uh, that the two girls were going to obviously... Go, be at odds pretty soon like they were gonna have a fight yeah but i thought that scene where Mulder has one and scully has the other and they're both giving opposite i thought that was pretty cool and like a good like culmination of them being on different sides uh in the whole episode mm -hmm. and then when they're talking they're on different sides and then they sort of come together by the end of it where they're like all right let's just put the stories together i thought that was a pretty natural way to do it yeah yeah, they, yeah it's, it's, do, do they say what it is that 
I feel like there's a moment where Mulder and old girl are gonna have sex. Uh, and this guy runs in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they slowly start working like the girl's relationship the, the, the two girls relationship starts slowly falling apart of yeah. Mulder and Scully's start relationship starts coming back together yeah. uh, at that point until they get into the car yeah. and then that is just a great exchange of like well you're not going to believe what I have yeah that's, exactly. that's, that's a, yeah. that's, that's a great good. little uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so one of the guys I quote a lot is this guy Darren Mooney who wrote uh, who writes this blog called The Movie Blog and he talks a lot about uh, syzygy specifically means like aligning, but also like um, symmetry and stuff like that. Like it means many different things, yin yang and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he talks a lot about Jungian philosophy, which I don't know anything about, so I'm not going to talk about it. But he says that this whole season, season three, is set is like very um, it's like a mirror image the way it's set. So the first two episodes of mythology, last two of mythology, and it sort of comes like then there's like a a couple off and then you know basically if you like fold the season in half this all kind of line up and he says it's interesting that this episode comes here because it's sort of like halfway through the season um and it's Mulder and Scully experiencing these weird things and he found all these interviews where Chris Carter basically said he wanted to do X-Files for five seasons and then later expanded it and went back and said he wanted to do that so he said if you look at it it's five seasons this is halfway through season three. This is exactly the midpoint of the whole show yeah. as it was originally conceived. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, and that makes it. I've never heard that he wanted to do five seasons. It makes fucking perfect sense because it's five seasons in the movie. You wrap up the plot in the movie and it's at a point where it could have been wrapped up. Yeah. That would have been a great ending to the whole thing. That Even though been, I love season six. That would have been... Pretty fantastic. I've never heard that five seasons things before. Yeah. That's kind of blowing me away. But he found a bunch of different interviews where Chris Carter says that, and then later he sort of goes back on it. Yeah. They find interviews with David Duchovny. I don't know if I'm gonna if I got those quotes or not. But David Duchovny basically gets really upset around later. He when he's leaving the show, where he's like, "Hey, we're stretching it beyond what it was supposed to be and stuff." And he's like says stuff pretty openly that he thinks that. It's become a money-making enterprise, and it should have ended already, and mm. stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. I didn't know that he was so openly um, against the show continuing. Yeah, I, did. I remember. I think I just knew he wasn't happy, but I didn't know like the details about it. Yeah, I assumed that it was like money thing. Like, oh, he probably wants to get paid. Yeah, but he left. Nah. Yeah, he, yeah, he was gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I follow. I followed him not long after. Yeah, I followed him yeah. not long after. It's tough. Yeah. That's the show. That's that's the that's show. The show. <laughs> um, I like the exchange. Wait, he's. Uh, what if today was my birthday? Then I'd say happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I like that psychic woman, that astrologer. Woman. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, when she's and she's like, you have up to three hundred dollars or whatever that vague, however much information you get for three hundred dollars. I thought that was interesting. Where. It's not like, all right, you have an hour. She's like, you have up to $300. Yeah. So every time I give you information, some of that money goes away. Yeah. When we get to 300 you got to pay me. Again. <laughs> uh, the- she is great. That's like a good stop. Uh, all right, here's all this information now. Yeah. We can resolve the episode type thing. Because you, you still don't know exactly what's going on. Things are just happening. You're yeah. going, okay, okay, yeah. all right. And then when she yeah. explains it all, you're like, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Because right in the beginning of the episode, they show the stars and they show like two or three lights that are aligned and they're very bright. Mm-hmm. 
And so I thought that, would, first of all, it looked cool seeing that, but it also sort of sets you up for this sort of cosmic weird thing that's happening. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, I thought it was, I thought they were really going to be witches. I was like, either yeah. they're witches or everybody who's in the town who is so intent on like, we have to find these people. Oh, that there's a bigger secret. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So when like the thing was like, she was like, no, it's at the planets. I was like, oh, okay. It's about that. Yeah. All right. Right. And yeah. then they... On the line, that would be horrible if you're like, I've got magic powers, and then a week later you're like, Oh, they're oh. gone, and I've burned every bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to go to the, the plus today. side. The He Man movie's way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when they're, uh, I thought the spring going through the heart is a pretty great way to kill somebody. That was in the, the one guy that they kill, it goes through his heart. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A spring or something, yeah, the, yeah, the uh. The, mur the, oh, the murders, the deaths in this are pretty dope. Yeah, I really like that the, the, the coffin went on fire. I always remember that. It's yeah, like, that man, was that's cool. I remember seeing one brutal uh, America's Funniest Home Videos where it's a funeral and the cat next so knocks over like a candle and it sets the coffin on fire. Really? Yeah, and people are like laughing. I was like, this is not funny. On America's Funniest Home Videos? Wow. Well, what is the family like, hey? <laughs> on the plus side, yeah, we we're gonna win an award. We have it on tape, guys. We, I mean, we should do something have with won it. Two thousand dollars <laughs> in cash and prizes. Yeah, and and I think the line was like, "No, we didn't ask for a cremation or something." You know, Tom Bergeron. Oh yeah, whatever. Oh. Um, that conversation where they're both talking to the different girls and they're like sort of competing where they're like, I'm way ahead of you. Like, I like that when they sort of are like competing and like, yeah. uh, in like kind of a shitty way. Um, and then they both say, there's a cool moment when they both say, put the gun down together. Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting thing of like separate, separate, separate. And now they're back together. Now they're right, right. But then in the car again, they start fighting. <laughs> um, I liked his, um, this is his uh, closing monologue and I'm going to read it. Uh, we are but visitors on this rock hurling through time and space at 66,000 miles an hour, tethered to a burning sphere by an, invisible, by an invisible force and an unfathomable universe. This most of us take for granted while refusing to believe these forces have any more effect on us than a butterfly beating its wings halfway around the world. Or that two girls born on the same date, the same time and the same place might not find themselves the unfortunate focus of similar unforeseen, unseen forces. Converging like the planets themselves into burning pinpoints of cosmic energy whose absolute gravity would threaten to swallow and consume everything in its path. Or maybe the answer lies even further from our grasp. And then they go back to the fight like, ready? You're the driver. You just ran a stop sign back there, Scully. Shut up, Mulder. Fine. Whatever. I thought that was fun where it's yeah. like this big high-minded thing and then back to the squabbling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh... Them, them arguing again as they drive away is pretty funny. It's almost like they're shaking off the remnants right. of, uh, of leaving that town and the powers it has. And you, I mean, and of course, you know, when you're, everyone knows that feeling of being on a long car trip. And at some oh. point it's like shit goes dark. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Everybody fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it gets intense. It gets really quiet for yeah. a while. There should have been an ex, because they really go all over the country. There should have been an episode where they're just trying, like a plane strings and automobiles X-Files, where they're trying to get to the place <laughs> where they're 
murder is happening and it's just a Mulder and Scully wow. episode. That would be really great. I'm that surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. That's hilarious. That would be fun. Yeah. But they're just like, you know, they're with a, <laughs> in a van with a band for a little bit and all that. Oh, they're just going cross country to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And like they start like a, like a plane, like they can't, they're, they're going to take a plane. They can't take a plane. Yeah. Then they're going to take a train. Yeah. That doesn't work. And then they just end up in some shitty ass car, some yeah. meter. Because <laughs> so much of the X-Files, they travel everywhere, but you never see them on a plane. You never see That's them. That's right, you don't. Never. Yeah. They're like, hey, let's go to Milwaukee. Cut to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, this episode's uh, written by Chris Carter, directed by Rob Bowman, who directed a bunch of them, did the movie. He did not like this episode. Really? He said the show proved to be much more difficult than I anticipated. There wasn't enough time to shoot the show properly. I've noticed everybody on X-Files doesn't call it episodes, they call them shows. Even the writers I interviewed, I interviewed the guy, uh, Darren Morgan, who did Clyde Bruckman. Word. And War of the Copper Phages. They all say show. Is that something they like all agree show. on? Really? <laughs> I don't know. Or did, yeah. they say, or did they say show a lot back then in the early 90s? Maybe you say I'm shows? sure they did. Yeah? I'm sure it's like old school writers speak. I bet yeah. maybe writers room still say it. Like, yeah. they had a lot of trouble with this show. Episode 7. Yeah. Huh. Felt extremely pressured and frustrated, although there are things in it I love, particularly the banter between Mulder and Scully. Overall, I thought the show was very oblique. I don't feel that the characters ever knew what was going on. And I don't think it is all that cool that kids are murdering people. I didn't feel like I was shooting an episode of The X-Files. I think I let Chris Carter down a bit. So, uh, wow. he did not like the episode while he was shooting and he didn't like it afterwards. I also like the, uh, I mean, the kids killing each other. The, the, the reveal of uh, Ryan Reynolds hanging, hanging over the thing. Oh, and, and then, then like, the camera like going all the way up. That was a great shot. Yeah. I was like, that and a, another thing made me think, oh, the show has more money now. Oh, certainly. The show has oh a lot more money. Because they can afford like a popular rock song. They're playing that song by live. Oh, oh. that's hilarious. When they're, at, they're at the party. And yeah, like the, the girls are the only two people that were dancing like really hard. Yeah. That, all over you, all over. That terrible song. Yeah. But I was like, oh, you guys can afford this. This isn't just like yeah. the Bloodlets or some band they make up for the show. <laughs> the Bloodlets. <laughs> the Bloodlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of like crane shots and yeah. stuff. I, I noticed that. Um, so this premiered on January 26, 1996. It uh, 16 million people watched it. So Ooh. this show, this is the show getting super mainstream. Yeah. Like really, really like becoming popular. Four keeps going up. Like, so here, hold on. Yeah. My cat. Hey, Emily. Hold on one second. Yeah, dude. I'm going to pause it. Okay. All right. Got rid of bagel. <laughs> um, they, uh, oh, so this one is interesting because they, um, Chris Carter it might be an interesting one to talk about their relationship because this is where shippers is what they call themselves. People really wanted Mulder and Scully to get, get together. A, <laughs> a percentage of people. Yeah. And it's interesting, Chris Carter, this is all from Darren Mooney's thing, specifically for years and years and years, says he does not want them to get together. He says, are they going to get, he says they, uh, Someone asked him, like, people want them to get together. And he says, they do and they don't. They want elements of it without them jumping into the set. There are these relationshipers who kind of dominate the online chats. <laughs> I'm a little dismayed because I don't want to do a show about Fuzzy, Warm, Mulder, and Scully. Never. 
They have hugged, they've never kissed. They could kiss if it was the right time for it. They could never give big French kisses. People <laughs> will say, will Mulder and Scully ever go to bed? And I say, you really don't want them to because the minute they do, basically, when they're in that motel and their assignment investigating the appearance of extraterrestrial life somewhere and they decide they're finally going to get it on, they're going to lie there sort of googly-eyed in the morning and those aliens are just going to be running amok. They will become more interested in, them, in themselves than in the things that they need to be doing. So he was very against it. Yeah. Changes his mind later once they start sort of getting together. He says, in the early years of the series, the relationship with Mulder and Scully was always presented as being a platonic one, nothing more. But, Carter says, the duo was always on a path that would take them to where they ended last season. The turning point, he notes, was in the X-Files feature between seasons five and six. I think that any intense relationship leads naturally to where it was going to lead with a kiss, this is the part, basically, he kind of goes back on it. Yeah. How do you feel about that thing? I was, I, I never wanted them to get together. That's not what the show's about. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I liked that they, I liked that the times where they would kind of, like something would happen, they would always, the show would get in the way of it. Right. It'd be like a fun way of like, oh yeah, right, here, here it comes. Nope, it's not gonna happen. Like yeah. in the movie, they're about to kiss. And then she gets stung by the bee. Yes. Perfect. Right. Like, get, do things like that to me. I'm like, all right. right, fuck it. I guess we're going to do it. Right. Oh, no. Literally, the show or the mythology is stopping it from happening. Right. I like that. But uh, it's, it just, and it really is, I've said, I've gotten emails from people because I've been, I've said similar stuff where I don't want them to get together. And then people have written me emails saying why they think it makes sense that they get together. When I read them, I was like, Okay, those are pretty good arguments. Yeah. I, I thought it was stupid, but it's not. I just disagree with it. Yeah. Like, I was like, in one episode I said, uh, of this I said, you know, that that's, I think the relationship is more complicated than a romantic one. And, you know, that would be too simple. And someone was like, when did having sex with someone make things more simple? I was like, all right, that's fair. <laughs> valid. That's, an that's, that's a valid thing to say. Yeah. I've, and it, it, there, it's as time goes on, I mean, in any job that you have, if you spend that much time with somebody, if you don't start to develop feelings towards them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Something, okay. something will so happen. Keep that in mind, Ricky Carmona's cohort. <laughs> Ricky's looking for something more. <laughs> See, I'm just saying. Let's take it to the next level. We're together Monday through Friday. Yeah, you know, <laughs> You're Friday sitting night, there. Christmas party. You one know. to another. Exactly. Suddenly. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like... Man, is... I'm trying... Oh, you know what? I just watched an episode of Cheers yesterday. Uh, and I was like, here's one of the few shows where when the people get together, you go... Okay. Okay. I'm on board with this. Right. It works. Right. Because in that show, you also get to watch the relationship fall apart and oh, get yeah, back yeah, together yeah. again. You uh -huh. see the highs and lows of it. But when it's a show like this where it, 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 their relationship is so much more a parallel relationship as opposed to one that should come together. Right. It just throws everything off. Well, I think something like Cheers is a show specifically just about relationships, right? It's, yeah. Yes. stories, but it's about those relationships. Yes. This episode, this show, and I know the relationship is a big part of it, but what Chris Carter is saying is that it's really about mystery mm -hmm. and the relationship happens in the context of this bigger storyline and all these other storylines. This just, I think you're right. I just think it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. You don't have to develop the relationship in that specific direction. Um, so on the message boards, like I said, people really don't like this episode, but then, so this guy's defending it. He said, 
Am I the only one who actually loved this episode? It was a hilarious episode, just like War of the Copper Fages. And then someone says, I do love this episode and thought it was hilarious. And then people are responding. Uh, and these uh, people respond like, yeah, we know it's supposed to be funny. We just thought it wasn't. It bugs me when people assume that if you don't think something is funny, you must not have gotten the joke. I just think that humor works best when it reveals something about the situation, not when it substitutes for something meaningful. That's where War of the Copper Fages was funny. When Scully says her name is Bambi, we laugh because we saw her <laughs> jealousy. We also agreed with her that Bimbo was a ditz. And she was very effective in forwarding the plot, same with Clyde Bruckman, which I thought was terrific. In this episode, the jokes function as a kind of excuse. You see, the reason the characters are acting stupid is because it's funny. Well, it just ain't that funny. Hmm. The fact that someone else says they practically spelled out the reason for their odd behavior, cosmic alignment, it was because of the alignment that made them act out of character. Of course, this isn't a permanent thing because people are like, hey, wait, are they just going to be fighting now? A lot of people are like, X-Files is going down the drain. <laughs> uh, I think Sizzy G was one of the worst episodes of the X-Files ever. What? Most of the good writers must have been on vacation. <laughs> I admit there were some good lines, but that's it. The rest of the episode was absolutely terrible. This guy... Early internet has his whole address in his signature. His like his actual address? His home address. What are you doing? This is the beginning of the internet. <laughs> they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know. They have no idea. They don't know crazy they have no people idea. out there like, oh, great. I'm going to go kill Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Thomas? I disagree with you. I'll be showing up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is it me or is this show's production and writing been completely overrun by eighth graders? I oh, mean, no man. offense to eighth graders or anything. Oh, boy. Burn. <laughs> but, you know, it'll be at least a couple of years before you can really produce a fabulous TV show. Is Dana just some complete freak now? Is she going psycho chick for Fox? I never had her pegged as that type. She's completely ridiculous. And he has become so damn smug, I want to smack him. I used to think he had an excellent balance in his character. But apparently the bunny, the cockroach scientist, and horny devil slut blonde sheriff side of him is taking <laughs> over completely and finally. Jesus. These last two shows have been completely void of anything that made me dig the, the first dig the show. Forget it. I quit. Please email me if it ever gets better again. Um, there certainly have been some interesting ideas about what's behind this episode, especially the idea that it reflects the comments of this news group. So people are like talking mm -hmm. like, hey, maybe it's a, uh, you know, comment on the news group. Which maybe the later, joke's on us, guys. Really maybe is. the joke's on us. It really is. <laughs> Has it occurred to anyone that this episode was so irritating and bitchy as a way for cast and crew to let off a little steam? The grueling schedule and pressure of meeting deadlines can bring even the healthiest work atmospheres into tension and conflict. Perhaps this was the culmination of shitty comments and outbursts that have happened throughout, throughout the season. What a great way to get everything off their chest, put it in the script, let everyone have their say and get on to the next show with a fresh start. Just a thought. So people are trying. They're really, really overall. That's like, been my favorite cycle babble so far. Analysis yeah, of the episode. Exactly. Yeah, I like what you said there. Yeah. Work stress, man. Work stress. Yeah, yeah it's work stress. <laughs> well, let's just make an episode where everybody's shitty to each other. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want us to do before we move on to grotesque? Uh, I, I, people complain about how much they don't like the humor in it. I think the episodes, uh, it, it shows how funny uh, both of them are as actors. Yeah, Jillian I Anderson think, and, and Duchovny. Yeah, I think... They really sell the humor in it very well. Yeah, they. I mean, those people are really, really good. In, those two are really good in this episode. Yeah, they're really, they're really great. And it, it's a tough thing to sell because they are different in this episode than they have been. So, mm -hmm. But they're just... You see specifically Scully 
her acting has become so much better, very subtle. Like she does little things all the time. Like she's so, so good. Yeah, her eye rolls are pretty great. Oh. She'll take like this deep breath and like just uh, and, like, yeah. walk away. Oh, <laughs> like, that great. says it all right there. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so grotesque. This one has read. Who is the dad? That guy just plays assholes. Huh? Yeah, he does. You, t- you your go to, your go to for him is Red. My go to for him is Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop. Oh, He's really? The bad of guy course. RoboCop. Yeah. Of course. He's bitches leave guy. He shoots Murphy like a hundred times. A hundred. It's very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Also, he's the fucking bad dad in Dead Poet Society. Oh damn! Yeah. I forgot about that. He just plays asshole. Yeah, he does. He kills it at it, dude. Yeah. That's his, that's his thing. And he's looked exactly the same for forever. He looks very like... I wasn't even looking for like shades of different gray in his hair. Nope. Nope. Same. Exactly the same. Dude. Yeah. Identical. Yeah. Um, this episode... So what did you think of this one? Grotesque. Not a fan of this one. So the moments really? that really stick out where I'm like, okay, maybe this is where it picks up. And then once it gets into all of... Mulder's obsession and him yeah. staying there where the gargoyles are yeah. being made. Yeah. Like like that that was where I was watching and I was like, would Mulder really be doing this? Would Scully really be letting Mulder do this? And also not trusting him and maybe uh being suspicious of him. Yeah. So this episode real quick, this is one uh where there's a basically a crazy person and there's a lot of gargoyle imagery. He's an artist. And um, Mulder's old like FBI teacher shows up, who's a, been a dick forever. Yeah. So when I first saw this episode, Agent I, Dick Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirkwood Smith. Kirkwood Dick Forever. Dick Forever. <laughs> um, I, I when I first saw this, not first, but when I most recently saw this, probably about four or five years ago, I really, really, really hated this episode. Mm-hmm. I hated it because exactly what you're saying. It's like, oh, so Mulder's obsessed now. Are we to believe that Mulder might be the guy who's done it? Because yeah. if we believe it's not him, then there's no drama, right? Right. If we think it's him, then that sells out the whole show. Exactly. So it can't be him. So there's really no tension because we know he's not the bad guy. So what we're, they're trying to make us believe is not something that can be true. So I really hated it. Yeah. I watched it again being like, okay, so I hated it. And I thought it was going to be really bad. And this time I actually kind of liked it. Okay. Probably because I was so ready to hate it so much. And there's still a lot in this episode to like, I think. I think. Yes. A lot of great images. Uh, the direction of this one, I think, I believe it's um, here. Uh, the director, or Kim Manners is the director, who's a big X-Files uh, director. He directs the fuck out of it. I think it looks really pretty. It's a gorgeous episode. I'm looking through. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, laughing because I'm looking through my notes. Yeah. And I just have Howard Gordon slash Kim Manners joint. Yeah. <laughs> I got very excited when I saw it really Kim is. Manners show up. Well, Kim Manners uh, has passed away since then. Do you know that? Kim Manners. He passed away not that long ago? Yeah, like in the last year. Or yeah, year. I remember reading about that. Yeah. It's pretty very young. He was in his 50s. Wow. Very young. Um, this episode. It's interesting. It, at some point, had real gargoyles in it. Howard Gordon wrote it, and it had real gargoyles, and then three days before, him and Chris Carter rewrote it so that it's sort of more vague. Huh. This is an episode, this is an episode, there's not that many of them, 
where it might not be anything supernatural at all, right? Right. This might be an episode where uh, there's no supernatural, it's just crazy people. Yeah, everything is left kind of, uh, kind of vague, which I was okay with. That was actually something where I was like, yes. okay, that's cool. I'm yeah. into that. No, I you liked know? that. And I liked the idea of, you know, he says to know the artist, you must know the art or whatever. Yeah. I like the idea of a guy so used to climbing inside the heads of bad guys that he becomes a bad guy himself. Yes, I like I like the, the evil manhunter aspect of yes. it. You know, yes. like, like like evil profiler. Yeah. Because then, in that sense, it's a, you you know you, I'm 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 realizing like oh am I, is this me watching what what would happen if Mulder became evil? Right. You know, like that's who Clarence Boddicker is, or you know, Dick for Agent Dick Forever. Okay, is, yeah, Agent <laughs> Dick Forever. Yeah, uh, is he is he this show's version of if Mulder was not a good person and just got so obsessed yeah. that he got lost, <clears throat> and then it kind of like starts to go away from that, and it be, and then you actually start to watch Mulder be kind of become that person. And I was like, no, Mulder would do this. I'm, I'm, I'm not buying this. Yeah, that's exactly the problem I had. You know, and, and just like you said, it just it just takes away the tension of the whole episode because it's like if I start to believe that then this whole show is going to start to become about Mulder yeah being an evil agent which then that's it, not going to happen that, that's not going to happen so happen. there's no real yeah, tension yeah so that's very that was very frustrating to yeah uh, the other thing about this episode that's interesting is that not a lot happens in this episode mm -hmm. I didn't think it was boring though I don't usually like episodes where um, Mulder and Scully don't do very much in this, there's no real mystery that Mulder solves. He just solves it basically by the guy attacking him and yeah. him defeating. That's He's how there. he solves it. There's yeah. no real detective work he does. He finds the dead bodies in the clay. I thought that was a really cool image. That's very cool. Yeah. That's every time like yeah. he peels that off and there's somebody under there. I was like, yeah. I was I really thought, into that. And I thought that sequence, even though it happens in the thing that neither of us really love, it happens in that moment where Mulder's, we don't know if he's the bad guy or not, where he finds the severed arm. Mm -hmm. There's blood and he finds a severed arm. I thought that was cool. And then he's on the phone with Scully and he's looking at the gargoyle and he doesn't want to, like... Take his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to know what's inside it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really... That was a really cool sequence. And yeah. I thought it looked beautiful. Yeah, it, I, I really like the keeping in with like the, is this really happening, is this not happening? When Boddicker is, is lying on the ground. You mean Red? Uh, <laughs> Red, Dick yes. Yeah. yeah, Agent Dick Forever is lying on the ground <laughs> and like Scully's like leaning over him. Uh, for like, the back of his head is like that of a gargoyle. Yes. And that's really great. I was like, Oh, yeah. And then he turns over and it's him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode does a great job of like... Yeah, keeping it vague. Keep keeping it vague like that, very well, much so. I'll tell you, Bodikers, the not all humans, uh, like Shadow, is going to look like a gargoyle. Oh, his is... But his is pretty close. <laughs> his is, is going to come closer than most of <laughs> You're not going yeah, to have too much makeup in the shadow. He's got perfect bald head. Yeah. And then like, the, like his ring of hair that goes around is like perfect, like... Gargle ear yes. shadow. Oh, exactly. You know? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if that was part of the audition. Like, hey, stand in front of this lamp, gonna turn the lights off. <laughs> it's also another way you know that the show's getting more money is that the guest stars. I mean, he's oh for sure. He's a bigger yeah. Like he's a recognizable guy who's in already in RoboCop. Absolutely, which is a huge movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
the other thing, so there's the naked like hair dude in the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a lot of like <laughs> hot dudes doing stuff when they get murdered. Like the guy who's got the fucking, who's doing like glass blowing yeah. and he's all like That's... sweaty. But I noticed, if I don't know if you noticed this, but in the beginning in the credits, there's a character, one of the actors' name is just Levani. Oh, oh really? I did not see that. Levani. Oh man! And I was like, I hope it's that fucking model actor guy. <laughs> and then like Fabio Levani. I was so fucking excited. Uh, but it's not. It's the bad rush. The bad guy Russian. Oh really? John Mostow. Huh. His name is Mostow, and he's Russian. They just took the capital of the <laughs> country and just added Change a T. It. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's from Pakistan. His name is. <laughs> Jorge Tarachi. <laughs> this, this is, is John Tusha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is Jason Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's a, a terrible naming convention. Um, my first note was I wrote it down. Oh, I like the scene where he cuts himself and he puts the blood on the paint on the eye. Yeah, the dark one. Yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. Uh, he says, I wrote it down. I didn't like this episode because we would never think that Mulder was bad and that Red is bad. Seems like such a coincidence. This is the other thing. The idea, I don't like. Like, so if they're investigating a murder, right? And mm -hmm. there's a bunch of new people. One of them is a killer. That's fine. That's, they're, that's what they're doing. If it's someone from their past, someone that they have a close relationship with, and then they turn out to be the bad guy, to me, that feels like too much of a coincidence. Hmm. To me, that feels like... I don't know. It just feels, it, it, to me, it just feels a little convenient, a little coincidental that they just happen to be solving the murder. Although David Ducard, or Mulder's theory is that he was trying to get himself caught in some way. Yeah. Right? By yeah. getting Mulder in. That's, that's what I was about to say. Is I, I actually bought the idea of, oh, this is happening because he's, set, he's setting himself up. Whether he's controlling that or not, I mean... I also right. thought maybe like whatever this if there's this weird gargoyle demon that does possess you, you know maybe when he's done with that person, yeah. Now I, I need to go find somebody else. So here's where I kind yeah. of like sacrifice right. whatever this vessel is that I'm using. That exchange, you know? that, yeah. That exchange that they have while Mulder is researching gargoyles, and then Boddicker comes in and yells at him. Yeah, I was like, Mulder has so many shitty dads. He's like, he's like, uh, X is sort of a dad, yeah. like a shitty dad. Uh, Sigrid Smoking Man is a shitty dad. His own dad is a shitty dad. Yeah. Mulder's collect or Skinner is in a way a different kind of shitty dad. Yeah, he is. More withholding. Yeah. Shitty dad. Mulder has so many shitty dads. Yeah. I mean, it's all about his need for like validation. I mean, that's what the show is. He right. needs to. It needs to be proven that my sister. Right. Ex exactly. Yeah. So everybody. That has to be the main obstacle for him, or some some derivative of that. Right. And Scully is, she's the she's the closest thing he's gonna get to his sister coming back. Yeah. You're the girl who is like, giving me a little bit of window of okay, I'll listen to you. Yes. I'll believe you. Yeah. I'll you know. To your crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I really did. Th things would happen in this episode where I'm watching it. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then I feel like, oh wait, maybe the Raiders like figured it out. Because I like the reveal of no, actually, uh, he didn't bring he didn't get Mulder into this uh, position to 
prove that he's that Mulder's a crazy idiot, it turns out that he actually really respects Mulder. And he likes Mulder. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I'm back in now. Yeah. Now that's not something I was expecting. Well, that's something that we hear a lot is that Mulder was sort of this FBI golden child before he went all spooky. Mm -hmm. Is that Mulder was really, really good profiler and stuff. And they and they bring that up every now and then whenever some from Mulder's past shows up, you find yeah. out that he was actually a really, really great agent until he became the worst agent the FBI has <laughs> ever seen. I feel like the, the last episode that I was on here talking was one where a, an agent shows up from Mulder's past. Yes. And he like steals like his file or, or like yes. takes credit for his file. Yeah. And the, the problem I had with that was like, man, I wouldn't believe that Mulder would like, Mulder and this dude would even like be together. No. Like that, that, I didn't buy that relationship. Yeah. This so is when another that turn one, yeah. happens, because at first I was also like, yeah, but Mulder and this guy wouldn't get along. This guy clearly hates Mulder. Yeah. Oh, this guy's jealous of Mulder. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Right, that's right, much right. That's much more interesting. And not even like jealous, but I'd actually like, for somebody of his stature, he's clearly much older than Mulder, looks up like that gives Mulder much more status. I'm like, well, even the older agents right. are like into what you're doing. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. We like your skill set. We just don't like how you're using it, yeah. which I think is interesting. Right? Yeah. Someone being good. I thought the cold open was, was, was cool because it's so long. The cold open starts with the guy painting the hot guy yeah then he kills the guy and then he gets caught so in the cold open i thought it was interesting the cold open starts with them solving the murder yeah and then there's a the copycat right yeah i think that's a really cool interesting thing where there's a guy who's trying to catch this guy for three years finally catches the guy it's done suddenly there's another crime that happens yeah i thought that was a really cool interesting like setup for an episode that it, an episode that basically starts with the solving of the crime yeah Rather than them trying to catch the guy, they've already caught the guy. Yeah, it definitely it definitely threw me for a loop because yeah. I was like, "All right, if it's if he's already if we already got him, then what's what what's the story that's going to be told now? Yeah, what, what what's the hook in it? Right, and then it said, "Oh, he's the copycat guy, and he's a copycat, a guy on the inside, right. somebody who they're supposed to trust." Yeah, um, did you like that uh, Scully and Erwin Boddicker uh, go at it? Yeah, like they, they they have like a like like a moment on the car. She's like, well, she's "Can I like, get a moment alone?" Yeah, yeah, I really like that. It's yeah. a lot. That's yeah. another one. I checked out of the episode for a while. Like, oh, I'm not feeling yeah. this. And then Scully gets to like be like, "Hey, man, yeah, well, come on I, now." I like this episode. Scully is sort of her main motivation is uh, taking care of Mulder, being worried about Mulder. I think that really works. I think that's really good. I do think the writers use that a lot. A lot of times the structure of the episode is Mulder's going on some crazy thing and that's what's motivating him and <laughs> what's motivating her is trying to care for Mulder. Yeah. Uh, they just, that just happens a lot. Again, in this episode, it makes sense, but her motivating force being wanting to protect Mulder, it's just something we've seen before. I yeah. like the episodes where <clears throat> she also is motivated by solving something or something. I, I like yes. when that happens. But, yeah. Because Mulder is always going to be motivated because he's the one with the crazy theories. It's always harder to find her motivation. Yeah. It just feels like it's the most obvious thing that they go to a lot. They go to it in this, but like you said, there's some good scenes that come of it, and it does make sense. It's also it was also really hard just to get on board with gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because we've seen the Disney cartoon gargoyles? <laughs> that had something to do with. They I could ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, I will believe, like, I will, I will go as far as aliens. Yeah. I will go as far as uh, killer cockroaches. Something about gargoyles just feels 
too almost like fantasy like okay and not sci-fi enough not that i need it to be like I see what you mean robots or, yeah. or things like that but gargoyles is almost like borderline like sir lancelot type shit where yeah. like all right now how are you involved yeah. in molders like Mulder believes yeah. this too alright I guess yeah. I gotta get used to that yeah why do you have to believe every crazy thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah this... I think they try and bridge that a little bit with oh. what Mulder's doing you know the French word gargouille yeah oh, <laughs> fucking nerd don't be a nerd Mulder don't be a nerd I think they oh if Scully would have called him a yeah. fucking nerd every once in a while she should like yes. fucking nerd um, Gargouille. How is that helping anybody? Yeah, what are you How talking? is that part of anything? <laughs> um, that would be so great, dude. Mulder, that would be great. Where we should do a super cut where it's like Mulder explaining his story, he cuts this gun, and she's like, You're fucking nerd. You fucking nerd. You the fuck. <laughs> um, I think they try and make sense of that by, because you're right, it is a goofy thing. Gargoyles are goofy. Yeah. It's a yeah. big fantasy thing to jump on board for. They try and say, like, well, maybe it's something that that's where it comes from. That's what the it's a real thing, and yeah. that's how it became lore is sort of based on a bastardized version of the real thing. So yeah. they try and sort of address that, I guess. The one when they go and talk to the Russian guy again, John Mostow, yes. John Tusha, <laughs> um, and he says, "Your pathetic gulags." Like we get it, you're Russian. Don't yeah. Have to. But he has this I mean, brindle bitch. He says he'll make you his brindle bitch. I was like, what is that? I don't know what a brindle bitch is. In fact, I'm going to Google it right now. You I can't believe I didn't uh, do it. Uh, is something lost in translation? Brindle bitch. Brindle bitch. Uh, I don't know what that is. Here we are Googling it. Um, but he has a line that's pretty good. He says, it snaps its fingers to make men lick the greasy floor of hell just to see its own reflection. <laughs> That's a, the greasy floor of hell. That's, I like that. Just to see its own reflection. I like that. Yeah, that's a pretty badass line. Um, uh, yeah, I wrote down, red is always a dick. To catch a monster, you have to become one yourself. Um, oh, I thought it'd be fun. Yes, go ahead. No, no I was going to say, the, the, the monologue uh, that... Mulder has he has one at the end of the episode but he has one in particular where he, he basically just starts monologuing to uh, Clarence Boddicker right before Scully walks in I was like yeah this is where in the in the in the, because the last episode ends with a Mulder monologue yes uh, and it's great uh, it's, it starts off serious and then it gets light yeah and then it gets into uh, Mulder and Scully arguing in the, on the road again in this one I just felt like you're t this is where the show is taking itself too seriously okay there's no like there's not that there needs to be something light like a light moment behind it i mean this is a straight up heavy episode. it's mad it's yeah and then i feel like it just fucking like it, it it can't hold on it can't carry that much weight when the show is like that then it becomes i don't know if melodramatic is the right word well, but I definitely could be. I I could see somebody be like, "Oh, you you watch this kind of dorky shit?" Yeah. It's like, no, no. That's <laughs> this is they're taking themselves a little too seriously in this episode. I think what I um what they realized was because some of these cases are so big and serious, they realize what works is when Mulder's a little more playful. Mm -hmm. In this episode, because he's obsessed, um, he isn't that mm -hmm. playful. He's just very serious. So it just takes out. 
some of the levity of the whole episode. This is a very, very dark, very serious episode. Yeah. I left up Brindle Bitch, and all that's coming up is um, Aaron's Brindle Bitch, Bernier's Brindle Bitch. <laughs> so is it like maybe a dog? Did you spell bitch right? Do they spell it a different way in Russian? Like, does it have like an umlaut in there or some I, shit? He, but he's talking in English. I think it might be a dog well. that's used for breeding, maybe. Oh, uh, I'm coming up on all yeah, these like yeah, pedigree yeah. database and dog archive kennel. So I think maybe that's what it is. Yeah, fate. Yeah, brindle bitch. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, I, I like the gargoyle making you its brindle bitch. It's 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 intense. It's, it's a lot. I thought that guy would be funny if there was a scene where he's a caricature artist on the boardwalk and everybody sees like a gargoyle face. <laughs> Still all the silly expressions yeah, yeah, yeah. gargoyle style. Yeah, yeah. Like holding a bat in a Sammy Sosa shirt. Yeah, exactly. In a tiny car gargoyle face. All the other stuff is uh, That would be hilarious. Um, when Mulder finds the secret door, I was like, why doesn't Scully go in with him? But that scene where he's got the flashlight and you just see a little bit of the clay, the sculptures. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. I thought it looked cool. Um, what did you think of when he starts actually like doing the clay himself? Doesn't he like walk up to an easel at one point and he starts messing with it? I thought it was it? weird that a lot of this episode, like I said, is hot guys doing stereotypically hot things. So yeah. There's the Fabio guy in the beginning. Yeah. Then there's the guy who's got like literally a holding a hot rod while he's doing it. all sweaty he's holding a hot rod yeah he is and then you have Mulder like doing the clay so there's a lot of like hot dudes doing hot things and then when he comes to kill him and Mulder has stopped doing that so maybe I was like oh he won't kill him because he has to kill hot guys while they're doing <laughs> hot guy things. Yeah. There should be like a guy carrying like big tires all <laughs> And Mulder's getting sweatier as the episode goes to. Yeah. So I thought that thing was, I knew it was coming. So I, I didn't have the reaction that I did the first time. Did you not like it? No, I didn't like that at all. Okay. I didn't, I, I really had a problem with how obsessed Mulder was getting with something like this. <laughs> it seemed like, he, man, you're more obsessed with this than Red. The, 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 the red. And red. and like your sister. Like I don't even see you like in like it just felt it took it too far. And okay. and and Scully's mishandling of it felt everything felt out of character. I think Scully's mishandling of it was definitely a major problem for yeah. me. Um I think, you know, with Mulder getting obsessed, you could say like, oh his his old awful dad is back, so he's sort of not having the reactions he would normally have because he wants to impress this guy, but he also doesn't. Like, he has the line where he says, uh, I wouldn't want to disappoint you by not disappointing you. Hmm. Which is, like, just such a fucking thing someone says to their dad. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they really... They have 40 minutes, and they have to start a guy who's normal, and who we know, who we've known for three years, and turn him into an obsessed thing. There just isn't enough time. Yeah. Because we've seen, I think what you're saying is that we've seen how he reacts to bad situations, and this is not how he reacts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, man, that's, <laughs> it is funny, like, too, this is such an episode of its time, and also a reflection of how much TV has changed. Because now we can watch TV and go like, this is a filler episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean. We're like, back then you were just like, that was Sundays. This is X-Files. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's still Fridays right now. Oh, shit. It hasn't moved to Sundays wow, right. yet. But I think you said 
when you, we first did it, you were like, this is the first time you noticed different writers mm -hmm. of yep. shows. And this really, really, it really does. You Different writers bring different things to the show. It's an interesting show in that uh, even though it's the X-Files, all of the writers have like their own voice that they get to like. Oh, for sure. The show. Yeah. So Gansa, I mean, uh, Howard Gordon always writes like Mulder-centric episodes. This is a very Mulder-centric episode. All right. Glenn Morgan and James Wong write Scully-centric episodes. Um, that guy, uh, Darren Morgan, writes sort of funny, very, very dark, sad episodes. Okay. Really funny. So it's, it's interesting. You start seeing the things that all these guys bring to the show. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they all, each, each episode has kind of like a unique... Uh, the writers have their own unique voices. That was just going to be very redundant there. Yeah. Yes. But it's, <laughs> I, that, that one moment where Mulder is uh, reading from the gargoyle thing and he's like monologuing. Yeah. And he ends with, is this the monster called Madness? And it's like, I didn't get like, is the, are you just thinking this stuff? Are you writing it down? Or is he in front of like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should be writing it down because this is good shit. Yeah, first of all, this shit is... You should yeah, be dude. a poet. Is this the monster called Madness? <laughs> Write that down. Save it. So good. Oh, shit. Um, um, I like that how uh, dark and creepy it was. Oh, yeah. I wrote it down. Mulder's going to sculpt. Hot. <laughs> um... You didn't hear uh, the music from Ghost start to play? <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. is, what are we exactly. doing here? What, what oh, is going on? It's hard. I mean, Ghost ruined making like, <laughs> sculptures and movies. Oh, it's over. It's yeah, over. Clay stuff. Absolutely. My mother-in-law <laughs> makes, like, it got into clay stuff and she does it. And she's uh -huh. like, oh, look at this cup. And every time I'm like, fuck, <laughs> now i got to think of... <laughs> Really hot Patrick oh. Swayze and really hot Demi Moore, another short hair babe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. God damn, I mean, dude. maybe she's the queen of them. Maybe. I don't know. There was a time where Demi uh, Moore, I was all about Demi Moore. You know, I, actually, I think she still looks amazing to sure. this day. Yeah, she sure. looks great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was a point where she yeah. was like, I mean, she, Demi Moore was like a fucking global. Was it oh, global yeah, or was, was it just here? I don't know. But that's another 70s show connection that she was dating Ashton Kutcher for a oh, long, shit, long time. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. A lot of 70s show stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Demi Moore was like the highest paid actress. When Demi Moore would do something, it would, she was like Madonna. Yes. Like well, when she would do something, everybody would pay attention. Oh, what Demi Moore's wearing a shirt like that. Oh shit, now I'm starting to see more shirts like that. G.I. You know? Jane? G.I. Jane. That's when she got really buff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and G.I. Jane might have been like when we were like right at the good end. to me more. Yeah, yeah, that was right at the end. <laughs> that was actually like, I got all buff for you guys. Like, we didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. That's not what we asked that for. Me not <laughs> yeah. Um, there is, yeah, again, I said Scully is driven by her concern for Mulder, which I, to me is just not as interesting as the other one. And, she, what, there's a part where she's with Mulder and then Mulder just leaves and she's like, Mulder, where are you going? And her delivery is so perfect. It's like tired, <laughs> but also like, I know you're not going to answer this question. I've asked this a hundred fucking times. There's so many episodes where he just <laughs> fucking leaves. He's just like, Mulder, what are you doing? It's like out of habit. Yeah. It's just like, I'm saying these words because I've said these a hundred times. Yeah. I know you're not going to respond. <laughs> she's so good in this episode. He's really good in this episode too. Is it in this episode? Actually, I feel like there's an exchange like that where somebody says something. Uh, 
Bears. Scully and Boddicker arguing. What's the thing? It's Boddicker. <laughs> Just Boddicker. <laughs> Somebody answers the question. Oh, when when Scully, when Scully goes to see uh, Mulder. Uh, I'm sorry, Scully goes to see Skinner. Yeah. And Skinner says to her, uh, do you believe Mulder? Yeah. And she doesn't say anything. And well, then I Scully, think... and then Mulder, or I'm sorry, and then Skinner answers. Me too. I was like, that's I don't... a very good reveal of where yes. they're starting to go now. Yes. I you don't know? think Skinner says, I think Skinner says, are you worried about Mulder? There you go. Off yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great exchange. I wrote yeah. that down. That's a really great exchange where she says, are you worried about him? And she goes, no, sir. And he goes, off the record. And she doesn't say anything. And he goes, so am I. Yeah. Yes. That's such a great exchange. And that's two characters that have been established for three years. You can't have that exchange in episode one. You have that exchange because those two characters know each other. Exactly. We know them. We know how Skinner is and that Skinner's sort of like... Skinner's like the dad with the hard exterior and the gooey <laughs> yeah. And that was us seeing the gooey segment. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Exactly. I, I loved that very much. That was really great. Yeah, that was a great, great exchange. Scully yeah. really... You know, this is a big Mulder episode. I think Scully crushes it. Yeah, oh, for sure. She's Absolutely. so good in this episode. It's, yeah. That's, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. This episode is frustrating because there's great little moments like that yeah. where you have where you go, okay, I'm back, I'm bored. Yeah. And then it just starts to like stumble I think again. Our experience with this episode was is different because I did like it more this time. It was very different because your reaction was exactly the reaction I had been like, fuck, Mulder can't be bad, and then just that frustration of it. Yeah. Being like thinking it's kind of stupid. I went in knowing exactly, like I looked at this whole season and I looked like, okay, this is episode ten or eleven or whatever it is. I was like, oh, fuck, that fucking episode is coming. <laughs> watch and talk about that. So I've been dreading this episode for so long. Yeah. And it, and I knew that that was coming. So this time I just watched it differently. And it, it just, I still have the same exact problems with it. But emotionally, I didn't have that reaction because I knew it was coming. Yeah. So I appreciated the good stuff about it more than I was frustrated by the bad stuff. Yeah. Because there is, like I said, it looks really cool. Mulder's looking sweaty. I mean, it's so tough to complain about that. It's just getting hotter as the episode goes. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The colors, it's like blues and reds and smoke. It's just a really, really great looking episode. Um, and, and, the, so you think... Go ahead. No, I'm saying that I wrote down the nightmare is cool. Mulder has a nightmare in it? Yes. That's done very well. Yeah, Mulder it, like slashes his own face. Yeah. Yeah. They do the, They do like the... Don't they do this in American World in London? Uh, where you think the dream is over and you're like, oh wow, that was crazy. Yeah. And then no, the dream is still happening yeah, for like yeah, five yeah. more seconds. You go, oh shit. Yeah. And that's like where the real jump is. There's two waking up moments. Yeah. I feel like that happens in in in, in, uh, so. in this dream, right? Listen, really if you're going to do a dream sequence at this point, you got to do at least two. At, <laughs> at least two. Absolutely. Or three. Yeah. If you really want it to be good, do yeah. four or five fake wake up moments. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street has a ton of those things. Yes. Yeah. They, they might have set the standard for it. Yeah. I always fall for the one in American World in London. I'm always like, oh man, that was nuts. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I got to see that movie again. That's a great movie. Oh, dude. Yeah. I watched it again. I think I did. That's what I did on Halloween. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going out. Let's just yeah. watch American World in London. Someone was like, best werewolf movie. And I was like, you're saying that as if there's, there's any. Yeah, like there's, there, there's options. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. American Wolf in Paris is that might great. be the one. Oh no! I don't Silver Bullet, Howling Four. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And what's the first Howling? Have you I was seen gonna it? say, when's the last time you seen the first Howling? Not too long ago. Oh really? How's it hold up? Okay. 
does not, in my opinion. The transformation sequence, there's one that happens that's clearly animated like a cartoon. I remember I remember that. I remember that thing thinking that was cool though. But it's I not remember, cool. Well, it would be cool if they embraced it. It seems to me that they were trying to hide it. They oh really? Like, oh look at these effects. So you yeah. can clearly see it looks like Little Mermaid. Yeah. I remember just being like, oh man, this movie's crazy. It's got a pretty cool thing that happened because you know she's the uh, news reporter. You right. remember what she does? Yeah. At the end? Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. That's that, pretty that's cool. dope. I remember that. I remember the burgers and the grill. Yeah. Uh I remember uh Robert Picardo's transformation. His is fucking nuts, yeah. dude. Yeah, they 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 That's terrifying. They blow Like even wide. just thinking yeah. that, like just thinking about that. That's where I first noticed like fucking like that prosthetic uh-huh. effect of like the bubbling. I'll tell you one good werewolf movie, people at home, if you haven't seen it, I really like it. It's not one that a lot of people talk about. It's Dog Soldiers. I really do. Dude, you, like that one? you fucking you brought that over to my house. Yeah, you, you like it? <laughs> dude, we, yeah. we loved it. It was great. It's great. The Dog Soldiers. Yes. I actually got my brother onto that movie. Yeah, for me showing that. Yeah, that's, that's a solid one. That's Neil Marshall who became a huge director yeah. after that. He directed The Descent, which is a fucking great movie. That was dope. And a bunch of the big action Game of Thrones are all yeah. Neil Marshall. That's right. That's right, he does that. He huh? does the huge, you know how every season there's one like That's it. A war? Yeah. It's always him. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking great. Dog Soldiers is great, everybody. Watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally good. Um, there's an interesting moment that I thought was cool is when they're when they're uh, when Scully calls Mulder and she doesn't know what the situation is and Mulder's there and he finds a severed hand, where she's like Mulder and he goes, Scully. Because I noticed leading up to it, they, they would just be like, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, they see each other's names, which I guess is sort of indicative of how they've grown apart in this episode. Yeah. Where they need to say each other's name. It's not like, hey, it's me. I was I was actually confused by that because the whole thing, there's a, there, something happens with a phone number there. Yeah. So the guy who ends up dead, yeah. who is who is Boddicker's like, right-hand guy. Yeah called her from that place and so when she calls back that number now he's dead and Mulder answers I, I think I, that's what it is but it was a little confusing it's confusing I thought this was Boddicker trying to incriminate Mulder like now I got your fingerprints on this thing I think I believe yes but it wasn't Boddicker who called it was that guy it's it, it was the other guy it's it's very con- I, I was th- yeah. what you're saying makes sense but as it was happening I was like yeah I was confused about it too a little bit, right and it's also in that room and he finds the arm part of me was like now is this real because you can't really trust what Mulder's thinking yeah but it is real it is yeah 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 I didn't know what that was and his mouth like slid open with that smile thing I thought that looked cool when he takes the when he takes the thing off yes yeah, yeah. all the, uh, anytime that that whole effect of yeah. bodies or just the whole concept of yeah uh, dead bodies encased inside some kind of it's statue cool. that's a very yeah that, that's a very good idea it's very creepy is it from fucking... It's from a Vincent Price movie. Is it House of Wax where that happens? Uh, I've never seen that. There's there's one old Vincent Price movie where people are encased in clay. My go-to is Ghostbusters. Yeah. Where they're the, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah, dogs. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's what I kept thinking. Yeah, of. Right like, oh, Rick Moranis exactly. is in there. Yeah. I, I thought the ending with the blood gargoyle on the wall and with Boddicker or Red being like, this isn't... Yeah, I like I'm that. Not, I, didn't, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It was good. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And then you feel sorry for him. You feel sorry for him. Yeah. Which is like... Nothing but a dick the entire time. Yeah. That guy's a great actor. Yeah. He's really great. He's really great. Um, 
mother's last fucking monologue. We're left alone staring into the abyss, into the laughing face of madness. Wow. Really went for it. I did did not like his monologue at the end of this one. Really went for it. Yeah, he was, (laughs) Mulder, go go take a walk. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't Mulder like swimming? Eh, we should go like take a swim in the pool or something. Put on a little red speedo and get in there. Show us your abs, Mulder. Um, so going back to the message boards, people really did not like this. Uh, uh, well, they like this episode a lot more than the last one because it goes from two really funny ones to a serious one. So I think people I can understand why they were. are like, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. It's not a we're back. Now. Yeah, I have to say I did like a grotesque, but once again I was angered by the inequality that Scully suffered. She was ditched by Mulder for the what the hundredth time, and you expect her to completely trust him? Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then people are like, I wonder what the hell Chris Carter and company mean by Mulder just blowing Scully off multiple times this season. I think it must lead to something, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there better be a reason he is treating her like such crap, uh, which I, I like that. I like everyone's like kind of standing up for Scully. Um, and another thing, why do the writers even bother casting men that look longingly at Scully and then mm. kill them? Because they had weird little moments. I don't. Uh, the guy who died, Red's Red's uh, dude. Barnaker's dude. Yeah, they like uh, him they and, do. But I never thought of it as a romantic thing. But no. I always noticed that they look at each other. Yeah, I, I I I kept waiting until you find out what happens to him. I always thought like, oh maybe he's. Maybe Boddicker is like the ruse, and actually he's the guy who's doing it. That's right. You know, I kept, I, I kept getting that, that vibe from it. A lot of people thought that that was that was why they were <coughs> they were like, why does Scully uh, the uh, writers even bother casting men that look longingly at Scully and then kill them or write them off? Am I the only one uh, completely sick and disgusted by this? If Mulder gets a woman, <laughs> he has had several interests. Scully better goddamn get herself a man. You go, girl. <laughs> Did she release a you go, girl? <laughs> you go, girl. The only guys to even look at Scully twice are all dweebs or old men. <laughs> it is almost as if, uh, as though CC, that's Chris Gardner, feels to keep Scully a strong, equal character, he has to ignore her sexuality. And he is more than willing to exploit deities attracted for the legion of drooling females by having him strip off his shirt multiple times this season alone. I think that is interesting. That happens a lot. Huh. Where you where you want to make a strong female character? That's an interesting point. Male writers will a lot of times ignore her sexuality because a lot of times women have been defined by the sexuality on TV. Yeah, that they're hot. So then it seems like a natural thing to like take that out of the equation. There's a show called The Fall, which has Gillian Anderson in it. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and she's like kind of slips around on that show. Yeah, she fuck a lot. Yeah, and yeah. it's cool. It's great. It's great. Absolutely. It, it's not like, it's just part of her character. She just likes fucking dudes. Yeah. And it's it's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting character choice. I'd be interested to see who writes the episodes, who's written those episodes of the fall. Not that it needs to be a woman who writes them, but especially like a, a show like in the 90s, I think part of the thing that I liked about Scully so much was that she was just a professional. Yes. Because I was just used to, or I don't want to see her with a boyfriend. I've seen that already. Right. It was the right. first time I'm seeing a woman who is just a badass at what she does, right. who's it, also a woman. Right. Exactly. You know? And in a way, the, on this show, the stereotypical gender roles are reversed. Yeah. She's very logical and he's emotional. Yeah. Just the, how we've seen them on TV, those gender roles, they're reversed. So it, it makes sense that they would do that and it is cool. But I thought in the fall there was one very interesting moment where she fucks a guy and then she's doing a bit break 
press conference and her shirt is open. Yeah. And, and she like someone's trying to tell her to close it. I think that's such an interesting like comment on how women who are more sexual are not taken as seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing a little bit. But the fact that she has to present herself in a very professional, chaste way for this world of men to believe her and take her seriously. I thought that was an interesting thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I really liked about the show was that, that it just is kind of like, oh, no. And she has this lifestyle. Yeah. You know, like so cool. What a great. It'd be like it was, it'd be it, not the equivalent of like her being somebody who drinks a lot, but just like, oh, shit, she does. Yeah. Or her life choice is like, that's not something that I would do. Yeah. But it's going to, it explains about her character. Yeah. In a way that's not, you don't judge her. I mean, some people probably do, but when I did that, I didn't judge her like, ugh. Yeah. I was just like, damn, girl, you got, yeah. this is how you handle your business. All right. 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 Uh, so continuing this email, this is beginning to bug a fair number of us out here in TV and let's hope CC corrects this problem. And no, the techno nerd down in the FBI lab is not adequate to fill this need. That's Agent Pendrill. Uh, <laughs> is he the nerdy that. dude? Yep. Who has a crush? <laughs> he is a nerd, all caps. Wow. Can't some half-decent, good-looking man appreciate Scully? Can't we ever see Scully in a sexy dress? Even see cleavage once? Not that they want her made into some sort of sex object, but for gosh sakes. The woman is attractive. The woman is a woman. Give her a break. What I'm leading up to here is that Syzygy, whether you loved it or not, is not a comedic performance, but a sexist attack on the integrity of Scully's character. It is also an affirmation of Mulder's stupidity. And then, which is a very strong thing to wow. say. Wow. Someone says, I'm not certain that I would go as so far as to name this episode as a sexist attack on the integrity of Scully's character, because at least to me, this implies a certain amount of premeditation on Syzygy's part to undermine Scully's character. I prefer to believe that this episode was yet another instance in which the writing was horribly weak, resulting unintentionally in one more cliched role. For Scully, I feel that Scully's character consistently gets the short shrift. It's interesting. So a lot of these message boards are people um, defending Scully. Everyone really, really loves Scully. Yeah. So always the tougher character because she's sort of, you know, the wet blanket. Mulder has a crazy vampire theory and she's like, there are no vampires. <laughs> we're yeah. watching the show because we like vampires we don't want to hear mom telling us there's no for vampires for sure of course <laughs> it's a tough part but she's so good the acting is so good and the character eventually becomes so full that whenever there's something that doesn't quite fit in people even then in 96 are having the re- a, a very strong reaction to it sure yeah I mean that's that hits it on the head right there it's hard to me it's hard to get behind an argument like that though just when I hear like Make her look beautiful. Like, yeah. I remember watching the show and being like, Scully's fine. Yeah, I know. Scully's... <laughs> I did notice in this episode, of her, her, her hair is like... Oh, dude. Working hard. <laughs> All hard point. and stiff. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like a beautiful helmet. Which it's just, a lovely cloth. Yeah, just like waves in it that feel like made out of fun. <laughs> just like a beautiful cake. She lifts it off like Vader's helmet. Exactly. Places. Yeah, it looks great. We're working hard and stiff. Uh, someone said, so they're trying to figure out, because there's three episodes in a row where they're sort of at odds a little bit. Mm-hmm. And someone says that they were looking at the unofficial X-Files companion. And they have the episodes breaking broken up into like different like periods. So it's episodes season one, episodes one to seven, they call them the early cases. Eight to nineteen, they call them an uneasy partnership. And hmm. twenty to twenty-four, dark days. Season two, one uh, two one to two eight is separate missions because that's when the X Files is split up. Yeah. Two point nine to two twenty-one, a partnership renewed. That's when they're back. 
22 to 25 under fire. So now this one, people are like, is it maybe is it called they were they're trying to do something with the relationship now that there's tension. So they're like, maybe they call it separate ways. They call it tension and people are actually seeing whether this. Hey, so um, the other thing stopped recording. I'm recording on my own. Best one is not here. And so we, uh, I don't know what we missed, but I don't think very much. But you were basically saying, we're talking about Scully and Mulder's relationship. And you were saying a, a show like this has certain oh, guidelines. It has like, certain guidelines. And when the show is going well, you just accept everything that happens. And you're like, this is why the show is great. Right. And then when they, when, the, when, when those things, when the specific, the specific guidelines aren't going according to your how you expect them to happen that's when you're like oh man this, sh this show is not doing it right scully argues with Mulder a lot like i mean the, yes. part of the thing is like she needs to show to be like actually Mulder, this is what's happening but when it's done in a way where it's like no that's not how she does that though right she does that a different way right it feels like the episode is it feels like the show is off and there's like and there's three episodes where she's done that now consistently. Well, yes. And people are like, what the fuck is going on? I think it's really, that's that's a very good point. And it's a testament to how good the show is in that it's got such a specific thing that when it's not that, we know. Yeah, These absolutely. characters are specific. Yeah. And when they're acting out of character, even a little bit, we're like, no, 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 no. That would not happen. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting point. And yeah. I think that's exactly what people are reacting to. Uh, you know what just, for some reason, just popped into my head? This like, remember when Quentin Tarantino directed that episode of ER? <laughs> He's like, oh man, turn two and drive an episode ER. And I was like, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> None of this would ever, like, <laughs> nobody would ER. be doing these things. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just like, like it, it needs to, if, you, if you're going to break the rules, they still have to happen within the world of the show. If not, you're just like, no. Yes. Yeah. Or commenting on it or something. Right. Like, if you're going to break the rules, make that be the point. Yeah. It can't just be that it just happens. Yeah. That's why I really, man, I, I'm surprised that so many people were against uh, the the two sisters episode because I feel like they're the, the writers did a good job of hey guys we, we 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 hear you we know what you're saying yeah we're making fun of all this but I think you that's know? what they didn't like, yeah. they didn't like <laughs> yeah. well it's interesting you say that shows that are different that sometimes it doesn't fit I found out that this week listen to this hey anybody watch Chicago Hope today <laughs> Chicago Hope. They played the X-Files theme music at the beginning when they brought in this woman who claimed to be pursued and had been impregnated by aliens. Oh, man. And so this was, they did an X-Files episode. That's really funny. They did really an episode funny. where there's aliens <laughs> and there's people who are radioactive and people got near her got radiation burns, which is what's happening in the uh, X-Files, the next two episodes of the Black Oil shows up for the first time. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the Black Oil show. shit tonight. Oh, <laughs> It's good. Crycheck Black Oil. It's Ooh. fucking real good. Has Crycheck shown up already? Yeah, he's been around a bunch. Oh. He comes back, he's gone, he comes back. That dude's a good actor. That yeah, he's great. Nicholas Lay? Did I just pull that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I went to his website. And How's he doing? Like, ah. He's good. The website, maybe it's an old website. It's just not the best design thing. <laughs> But I want him on. I think he'd be oh, great. That would, oh, dude, that would be yeah. amazing. So you could see that X-Files is becoming a huge thing because other shows, such as Chicago Hope, starring Mandy Patinkin, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the, uh, the worst singing voice in the world. 
what you heard him sing? I would always hear yeah, it's terrible. What is he doing? Dude, I, and, and Letterman would have him on like all the time. Oh, yeah. They used to have like a running gag where like Manny Pating would like run in, grab the mic, and like start singing. And I'd be like, this weird, is terrible. High voice. <laughs> Why is it coming out of that face? <laughs> um, oh, uh, also, this is the week that uh, Scully was nominated for a Golden Globe, Janine Anderson, and lost. People oh, really? People angry that she lost. Yeah. Wow. The show's definitely getting big. Yeah. So Gia I bet you I was fucking... I probably celebrated like it was my birthday that she got nominated. Well, GA was passed over for a Golden Globe by Jane Seymour. Oh, what? That's exactly their reaction. What? It Terrible. makes me puke. Terrible. This is what they say. Gillian Anderson equals far and away the best actress on US TV. <laughs> Jane Seymour equals worst actress in history. Jane Seymour. I, I know Jane Seymour. Do you uh, really? I did I an episode. She's, I think she's a great person. Yeah. I think she's wonderful. I mean, she is still gorgeous. Oh, for sure. She, she, I feel like she's going to become a... She's British, is that right? Yes. She's going to become beautiful, older, classy British woman. She's already that's where, that's where, that's where she's. That's where she's headed. Given that GA routinely shows more acting ability in a single episode of The X-Files than cardboard cutout Seymour has done in her entire <laughs> career, it makes you wonder what the judge's criteria was. Ability to look vacant in a convincing manner, perhaps? <laughs> what next? The Cecil B. DeMille, and this is going to date it. Okay. This reference really dates it. <laughs> awesome. What next? The Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award to Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> nice Silverstone. Yeah. There. there you go. Um, so like I said, <laughs> oh, uh, there's another one. Um, oh, this, this is not it. Uh, this is interesting because uh, I said for a few weeks that a few months X-Files, I couldn't read the message board. So there's some references to old ones. I found this one because there's a part, if you remember in Clyde Bruckman, where he says, Autoerotic association is a terrible yeah. way to go. Yeah. So on this message board, people are, they don't know what it means. <laughs> and they, what they decide it means is when someone chokes to death on your own severed genitals. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what, maybe, you know, because you're not, you don't have Google, you've got like Alta Vista. And That's what I was going to say. They don't have the access that we had to no. just immediately be like, no, it means this, guys. Yeah, no, exactly. I, 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 can't, I can't hate on that person. No, that is... they have, like, horrible... <laughs> remember when search engines were like you would search and you'd have to go through pages and pages to find the shit? Oh, for sure. Now, the first page you're going to find. Which well, is, as I start page. typing in your question, it means, do you mean this question? Yeah. yeah like, yes, I do. I did. It. Yeah. I did mean that. I don't think I knew what autoerotic asphyxiation was until I watched The Body of Evidence with what Madonna and Willem Dafoe. Really? Because they had a huge sex scene. Where she like ties like a belt around her neck. I was like, what the fuck is that? Really? Yeah. Then One of the Carradines passed away that way, huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David? Yeah. Uh, it's no, uh, it's, it's Bill. Is Bill David? It yeah, is Bill. Bill is David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that is David. What a bummer of a way to go. I know, right? It's and awful. then someone says, it's not choking death on your own severed genitals. It's choking yourself, usually with a quarter towel while masturbating. Uh, unfortunately, many youths pass out from the attempt and suffocate to death. I believe the last statistic was about 200 deaths a year, which seems like a lot. That's a lot. Yes, it may seem funny, but imagine the shock and horror the family goes to find their son naked and dead with semen present. <laughs> <laughs> semen present. With semen present. I, I like that they included that. The other That's thing, the plot of the uh, world's greatest dad. 
Have you seen World's Greatest Dead with no. Robin Williams? Oh, is that how it starts? Oh, dude, it's great. Okay, I it's think really I know great. about that movie. I want to see. Yeah, it. you should see. That's. I won't say anything else, but it, not that that's a spoiler. But I think I knew that that's really how, great. What happens? <laughs> so this is interesting. Hey, X Files fan, I was at the Sam store in West Edmonton Mall today, checking out a couple CDs and a few movies as I checked out the coming soon wall. I noticed an X Files poster with a caption that said the first six episodes and a March '96 due date. <laughs> and so they find out. They said that they'll be released six episodes to start with, two episodes per de- uh, per per tape. Um, and then they'll come out every few, every little bit. And um, so this is, remember when there would be two episodes of Oh, for VHS? sure. So Absolutely. this happened for 93 is when the show starts. Yeah. Three years later. So if you missed the episode, it was done. It was done. Absolutely. And so they released the first six, March 96. And that's what's coming up. And, and uh, there's a lot of talk about that. People are excited. I think I hated that it was... Not like I was like, just can't they do that for the whole show? How do you just put them all out? Well, at that didn't point, they start off like just like little collections, like here's episode blah blah blah, and it wasn't blah, all blah, of them, right? Yeah, they would skip some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the it's the pilot and deep throat, and then it was ice and another one. So there were like the first six were like out from the first twelve, they picked the six they liked yeah. or something. When did shows start coming out on VHS? Were they coming out, all of them? Like, I remember seeing TNG on VHS, but yeah. was it every episode? TNG was one. Uh, obviously, X-Files. What else? I feel like I would see... I would see, like, a lot of, like, compilation, like, comedy-like compilation ones, like Mama's Family and shit like Like, the Carol Burnett show. Oh, right, right, and right. I don't know when it got very episodic... I mean, I think it was DVDs is when really people started buying TV shows and their full seasons and stuff. Yeah. Because you'd have, you know, if you want a season of a show, suddenly that's like a whole bookshelf of VHSs. Yeah. FX was really huge that when FX first started, they were one of the first shows that they, they started showing the X-Files again in order and they started showing NYPD Blue again in order. Okay. And I was, in my head, I was like, I'm recording all of those. Yeah. And that's where I started getting into like... Collecting SLP super long play, super, yeah. six hours, That's six hours, yo. Yeah, you gotta okay. get that tab right on that cassette. Little, yeah, <laughs> I can handle a little bit of buzzing in the background. Sure. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. I have all that matters is I have the show now, it's yeah. mine now. I can watch it whenever I want to. I used to. to watch so much shit I tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, over and over. Oh, yeah, I used to know it would be like I knew the ads, so like the ads. <laughs> so when I play it, when a scene ends, you in my head, the next part of the show yeah. is this ad for this thing. A lot of the X-Files cassettes that I have, there's like one, whenever it was whenever the Devil's Advocate was coming out with Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and I had like that trailer like down pat yeah. in my head. I mean, for me, <laughs> the Ninja Turtles had like a Pizza Hut commercial before it, and I know the next song. Do you know that one? I do not. It's like, off in the distance, the game's dragging on. <laughs> The strikes on the batter. Some runners are on. I know the whole because I watched that movie so many times. Oh, I just watched that again in the last two weeks uh, for our podcast. That shit still holds up. Good. I was like, this is actually a good movie. Uh, Raphael straight up in a coma for a long time. <laughs> it gets He's real. Just out. It gets real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought this was interesting. It. Uh, 
uh, someone says, hey, it's Kat here. I'm feeling depressed because I just saw my, my friend is sick. Can anyone tell me how to cheer up and help Gareth feel slightly happier as well? So I think what people have learned through the internet is finding a community and like battling loneliness and stuff. And you can sort of see that starting to happen. This is the birth of a community, the likes of which we've never had before a community where you don't know the people you do know them but you've never physically been with them mm -hmm. so it's cool you're starting to see these kinds of bonds happen and ultimately it leads to like very niche things you know where people just sort of market to people that they know and hang out with and stuff and it sort of can lead to people being closed-minded a little bit but yeah it's interesting to see sort of birth of online communities happen through through the x-files oh for sure yeah i mean this was definitely like before everybody, before I got, I knew people who loved the show like this. It was I knew people loved Star Trek, and Star Trek was just like not my world. I was just yeah. like, oh, that's cool. That's cool that that exists. Right. But now when X Files, I was like, oh, I see what that all means now. Yeah. Yes, we're all you're all my like people. It. You're all my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're it's all really great. Yeah, we might be different kinds of nerds, but we're all <laughs> but we're all we're all nerds. Well, thanks so much for coming, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Did. Say before you're done. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It's too Be late. wonderful to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and your podcast is uh, Wham Bam Pow uh, with Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. Rhea's on uh, your show regularly. We talk about action movies, sci-fi movies. And you, uh, you have a TMNT episode coming up. Is that right? We, we just we just posted our TMNT episode. Okay. So I think this one uh, right now we are in a little bit of a hiatus. We're actually we're trying yeah. to decide what our favorite movie of the year is. So the next when we Ooh. go back in January, we're going to talk about what our favorite film. actions. Have. I have a pretty good guess as to what mine is. People said that John Wick movie is great. I really want to see that, dude. Yeah, I really want to. I, I actually ended up watching The Man of Tai Chi because I couldn't find it. Uh, I couldn't find it for download yet. John Wick, The Man of Tai Chi is the other uh, Keanu Reeves action movie that he directed. Oh, and I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> It was, okay. not, it was not good. Okay. That was, that well, was I've heard awesome. John Wick's great. Yeah, yeah, I heard John Wick's um, really good. I'm into that. All right. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Feral Audio. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kimmy. And we're the hosts of Talk 30 Rock to Me. Do you crave cheese late at night? Do you have lots of thoughts on your mind grapes? Do you think a rape whistle can double as an accessory? Do you miss 30 Rock? We sure do. We miss it so much, we started a podcast about it. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe today.